Uh, only Congress could find a way to make Mark Zuckerberg sympathetic. Oh, my gosh. It, 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 what they did to him yesterday was insane. 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 All right. Well, I'll tell you about uh, uh, American financing. Is a large chunk of your monthly budget going towards credit card bills? If so, you're not alone. And you're not stuck with it either. And the secret is American financing. They can consolidate that debt with the lowest interest rate possible. We're talking about a mortgage refi. Mortgage rates are the lowest they've been in in over a year. Credit cards are still charging double-digit interest rates. If things go the way I think they're going to... Where's the news? I, I, I pulled a story today. The Vatican had to come out and say... No, 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 we're not going bankrupt. The Vatican had to say that. I mean, they got some things they could sell. Anyway, uh, <laughs> if you are, uh, if you want to be fiscally responsible, get out of those double-digit interest rates, refi uh, your house without resetting the loan. You can do it now. Ten-minute phone call. They can give you all the information and even pre-qualify you. It is AmericanFinancing.net. AmericanFinancing.net or call the number on the screen. of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. The impeachment of Donald Trump is not what the media is telling you it's about. In fact, I don't even think it's about what I have told you it was about. As we prepare for a special next week, we stumbled onto something that we have been actually looking at for 10 years. We just didn't know what we were looking at. Now we do. Now we do. Uh, I'm going to bring you up to speed on what the media and everybody else is saying is happening. And then we're going to pull the curtain back just a bit uh, and show you how much trouble the country really is in. I mean, you could throw Donald Trump and Nancy Pelosi and all these people into a black hole if you wanted to. It won't change what's really going on. And what's really going on is one of the most terrifying things I've ever uncovered going on in our government. We'll tell you a little bit more in one minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Well, Tom is from Texas, and uh, Texans are just a little different. Texans are tough. Tom is 85 years old. He still rides his bike every day, works at, as, a, as a small aircraft flight instructor. I, I mean, 85. God bless you, Tom. Now, the only part that, you know, Tom made Tom go, you know, getting old sucks were his joints. Lower back, left hip, knees over the past few years, started giving him no end of, uh, of grief, finding it harder and harder to do the things that he liked, getting on his bike every day. So he started listening and started hearing about uh, uh, Relief Factor, decided to give it a try. Shortly after he started taking it, his back and hip pain went away, and he says they stayed away almost entirely ever since. 
If you take as directed relief factor, it attacks the inflammation that causes much of our pain. And it works for 70% of the people who take it. It only costs nineteen ninety five. You can start with their three-week quick start trial. If you want a drug-free, natural way to ease your pain and get your life back, go to relieffactor.com. That's relieffactor.com. All right, I'm going to give you an update on what the media is talking about on the impeachment. And let's just get this straight. I think impeachment is going to happen. They're going to impeach the House, will impeach the president, and then it will be up to uh, the Senate to decide whether they run a trial. And if they run a trial, then they'll have to decide whether they remove him from office or not. But they are hell-bent on impeachment. Now, this week, the highest-ranking U.S. diplomat in Ukraine, the acting ambassador, William Taylor, he testified to the House impeachment inquiry, uh, and it wasn't good for President Trump, we think. Remember, these are secret hearings. Taylor's testimony was everything the Democrats wanted to hear. He stated that the face-to-face meeting between Trump and Zelensky was uh, being dangled like a carrot in exchange for a public announcement, public announcement, that Ukraine was investigating Joe Biden. He also stated that the military aid was was being dangled for the same thing. Quid pro quo had everything to do with the conversations between the U.S. and Ukrainian president. Uh, This is at least as alleged by Bill Taylor. The quid was a face-to-face meeting between Trump and Zelensky and the military assistance. The quo was a public announcement from Zelensky that he was ordering an investigation into Joe and Hunter Biden and their relationship with Burisma. So where's the problem? Well, if it is true, it's a big problem for President Trump, but there are some pretty big holes in it. For one, several claims by the acting ambassador were based off secondhand conversations. And we've all been privy, uh, you know, to this uh, testimony. Uh, well, no, actually, just a, a leaked copy of the opening statement, not the testimony. We haven't been given a transcript for the question and answer portion. Minority leader Kevin McCarthy hinted yesterday that there there was one key moment where Taylor's most damaging claim was completely destroyed by Representative Ratcliffe from Texas. But the Democrats won't release any of that. This is why they're storming, quote unquote, storming the skiff yesterday. Can we first stop using the word storming? If you've seen they walked into it. Storming. There's also another big hole here. The quid, the the face-to-face meeting and the military uh, aid was granted by the president without the quo. Trump met Zelensky face-to-face and the military aid was given to Ukraine. But there was never any announcement of anything Hunter Biden, you know, and, and, and Joe Biden investigations. Zelensky never made the public uh, statement about the investigation. So can there be a quid without the quo? Don't you just want to say to these people, shut up. 
all we're getting now is the worst of the worst. Everything that helps make the Democrats case is getting leaked. All of the other context is going to stay behind closed doors. Well, we want you to know that we are looking into the full context of what's happening in Ukraine. And you can't understand the the Democrats current case against Trump without also knowing what the left has been doing in Ukraine. So next Wednesday, we are going to have a special again. It's part two of our Ukrainian special. Uh, And this one is to go through all of the things that the Democrats are now saying out. You need to understand their case. And so all of the things the Democrats are saying and how the media is shaping the narrative. We have found some incredible things about the media. It's grotesque on what they're doing right now. But you need to understand all of that. Now, our first chalkboard went up uh, yesterday at glenbeck.com. It's an interactive chalkboard. So you can go on the chalkboard and you can click on any of these things, and it will take you to what that is and all of the documentation. Uh, And I'm telling you, there are parts that I only had read a certain parts of the documentation and i went back in and i reread and i read the whole you know transcript of the trial or whatever it was and i'm telling you it will blow your mind it is the thing that you really it's a resource that is free and you really need if you want to i would say something counterintuitive if you want to save the country and not necessarily save the Democrats or save the Republicans. You must know this story. If you want to just save Donald Trump, you just need half of the story. You want to save just the Democrats, you need half of the story. You want to save the country, you need the whole story. And far as I know, we're the only ones doing it. And we are being really responsible We are doing everything we can to vet, to double check, to triple check, to make sure we don't have anything without the original documents or without the actual voices, video, or official transcripts. Now, with this being said, that is next Wednesday. As we were looking into this, and as we were going through some stuff, some old names started to appear. And yesterday, we started going through some old boxes from Fox and old files that we had done. And we were working on about 2010, probably 2009, 2010. And there were a few chalkboards about a theory of something that wasn't my theory. It was an Obama theory. And it was his counsel, and it was Hillary Clinton. And we did some shows on this, and we showed you how uh, how they were trying to they were trying to be the Fabian socialist. I know if you're a new listener of the program, I might be speaking Greek to you. Uh, if you're a longtime listener, you know what the Fabian socialists are. Fabian socialists are the um, it's the think tank, if you will, that caused World War One. Uh, just 
they, they, they believe in heating up the world, causing chaos so they can change it and beat the world into a shape that is closer to their heart's desire. And their, their logo is a, a wolf in sheep's clothing. It's crazy. And you have all these prime ministers and all these presidents and everything else that have all taken pictures and photos in front of the Fabian, the famous Fabian socialist window. When we started looking into this years ago, I thought we had exposed it, and I thought that we had, I had no idea that it was, that it just kept going. I don't know how, might have happened in the transition, I don't know how we lost this, but we've been looking at this piece for a while. In fact, our chief researcher had been looking into this, Jason had been doing something, because we had a conversation about, what, seven years ago, eight years ago? Yeah. And I don't remember, do you remember what that conversation was? That, do you want to say? Or not? Uh, we don't want to tip our yet. hand yet. <laughs> um, okay, so but we had a conversation, and he was intrigued by it, and he started doing research. But he didn't think it connected to anything. And so when it gave him a name yesterday, <laughs> and I said, look at this video, will you? And I said, it's this person. And he, I left, and he sat at his desk for a while and went, I remember that name. I don't know why. I was irritated because I was like, we were almost done writing for the special next week. And I was like, not another name. <laughs> but I was like, wait a minute. So I just plugged it into our little, my little computer search finder thing from all, all of the stuff I've researched. And it popped up. And then it referred back to that conversation that we had you know, back several years Which ago. Which referred, Stu, back to things that we were exposing at Fox. Uh, so we are going to do the special next week that you really have to watch. Because you have to understand how it all ties together. You have to understand. If you just focus on the phone call and quid pro quo, it excuses the corruption that was happening in uh, Ukraine that we went over in the first special. And that is grotesque. But it is nothing, nothing like what we are going to expose on the third special, which is coming in the next probably month. The trail of this is absolutely insane. Ukraine is just a small cog yes. in this entire machine. I mean, you're going to be blown away when you see the literal trail of blood and destruction that started probably around 2009 all the way up until, well, really all the way up until today. So we're still looking into it, but I believe that you're still seeing these things actively being done. Things like Ukraine right I, now. I think, and I don't, this is my gut. My gut says that 40 to 50% of the turmoil, and it may be higher, the turmoil that you see on the streets, uh, you know, with revolutions and people on the streets protesting and all the conflict, 40 to 50% of that, my gut says, is all a show. It's all people being used by the U.S. State Department, and they have no idea. You, I, I will tell you that uh, I've seen a lot of things that have given me pause and given me, oh, really? We're doing this? This is the most, I'm be careful and... 
I think this is the most evil thing I've ever seen our government do. Uh, pretty broad statement there. <laughs> how how, how close? How close do you think that is to what you feel, Jason? Um, it's definitely diabolical, and it's. I mean, if people, <laughs> what's happening to what's happening to the world right now? What's happening? It is coordinated by our government and deep state. It is it is out in the open, but nobody will talk about it. There's no way that Donald Trump. I don't even know if Donald Trump really understands this, or anybody in his administration is, is understands this. But this is the new way of operating for the United States of America, and it was done by Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton. And it is the deep state. It is operating without the president. It is just operating. Yeah, and it's it's interesting how involved like career diplomats are, are in in on this. Um, I've already seen evidence that, that that career diplomats, people in the State Department in some of these other countries, are still do, you know fulfilling this. Oh no, they're, they're policy. No, this this is United States policy now, at least with the State Department and. Uh, and so we're going to be exposing that. But please, please tell your friends and please stay in touch with this because there's a lot of information coming your way and you're going to need to understand it. And we will take you through it. It begins next week, next Wednesday. Uh, make sure you watch our special. And if you'd like to subscribe to The Blaze, which helps us do these things, please do. Subscribe to The Blaze TV, blazetv.com slash Glenn. blazetv.com slash Glenn, promo code Glenn. Thanks, Jason. Hang on, because I want to ask you about Syria here in a second. American Financing Corporation, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. So one of the most important things you can do when thinking about refinancing your mortgage is you need to choose somebody who's in it for you. Today's mortgage rates are really, really low. Unfortunately, you know, there's a few agencies and banks out there happy to charge you the upfront fees, reset your loan back to a 30-year term. The good news is not everybody in the lending business is a dirtbag. May I tell you about American Financing? American Financing, their mortgage consultants are salary-based, which means they're in it for you to win it, not the bank. A 10-minute phone call with American Financing can get you an assessment that may save you thousands of dollars over the course of your mortgage. And there are a lot of good reasons, beside just the current market to refinance. Now may be the time for you to upgrade your home or even take advantage of your home equity to pay for some of the uh, renovations to the home that you already have. It's American Financing. They'll help you. Just give them a call. It's 800-906-2440. Or go online to AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing, they have you covered for home loans coast to coast. It's 800-906-2440, 800-906-2440, or AmericanFinancing.net. We pause for 10 seconds, station ID. Jason, let's talk a little bit about Syria and what happened. Jason is our head researcher. He's former military intelligence, uh, and uh, he looks over global uh, politics, policies, and uh, and military. So, uh, Jason, t- what your thoughts on Syria? Because Donald Trump took a victory lap yesterday. 
Um, some people are just saying, well, he just gave Syria to Turkey and, and, uh, and the Russians. So is that a victory lap? Um, so I, his victory lap was kind of, uh, kind of tagging along with, uh, saying he was responsible for the peace agreement, which I don't think is accurate. I, I think he's just kind of claiming uh, a little responsibility you, have, you do have a uh, commander on the ground that said we wouldn't have gotten this deal with Russia and Turkey if it wasn't for Donald Trump. Yeah, well, I think there's a lot of things that Trump has done that, that has that has reoriented the uh, the powers back to their natural state. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Trump said, I, I think, a, was it a week ago? About a week ago. He said that uh, this was one of the most brilliant moves, uh, you know, in in this area in foreign policy. And a lot of people laughed at him, but I sat down and thought about it, and it actually is a brilliant move. Let me explain. And I first want to to make a clarification between, you know, there is a harsh uh, geopolitical uh, reality reality and way of thinking. And then there's also the human side. There's the emotional side. Mm-hmm. And we're all very emotional about this because especially my, the, like my generation, the people who fought in that area, we forged relationships mm-hmm. and we fought with the, with the Kurds in mm-hmm. Syria. Um, the Kurds in Syria are culturally like the Iraqi Kurds. Um, and that's a very, very important uh, sp- uh, specific there. They're culturally the same. Ideologically, they're not the same. But you'll hear a lot of people saying, oh, they're just like American you know, values. It's not true. Culturally, yes. They're, culturally, they're beautiful people. Um, you won't find a better better person. Ideologically, they're Marxists. Marxists. They are. Um, they've had to resort to terrorism. Mm-hmm. I, will, I will say, though, that they only resorted to terrorism after, their, their, uh, after being basically killed for you know, decades. And then their political uh, leaders were jailed. Then they resorted to that. But, um, so I think that there's an important you know, sp- uh, specification to, to be made there. Um, I love the people. Uh, the geopolitical reality, though, is that, look, we've been in a proxy war that has completely upended the entire balance of power in that, in that region. So much so that Turkey has always been a, uh, you know, an enemy to people like Iran, Russia, Syria. But they were working together just because we were there. What the brilliant move was that now they're facing each other down. And the bad part is, is that we ripped the Band-Aid off and everybody's like, oh, and that's important to look at. But the Band-Aid should have been taken off uh, and it is going to change many things. And most importantly, get us out of a proxy war. Yeah. More in a second. You're listening to Glenn Beck. All right, let me tell you about our uh, sponsor this uh, half hour. It is My Patriot Supply. My Patriot Supply, um, people were prepared in 2010 uh, versus today. They are not necessarily prepared. Many people stopped because Obama left the White House as if everything you know we were preparing for had to do with just him. I'm here to tell you that that mentality is dead wrong. Look at the deep state, for example. Look at the other side, willing to destroy the free market, due process, privacy, the Constitution. Look at what's happening around the world. Now, please prepare for any eventuality. It might be Monday we had another really bad tornado here in Dallas. Could be that. It could be something far worse. It might be nothing. 
but the peace of mind is worth it. Take care of your family. Go to preparewithglenn.com. Preparewithglenn.com. You'll get a two-week food kit. Right now, save $70 on a two-week food kit. Guaranteed two-day delivery. Preparewithglenn.com. The offer is not going to last, but your preparedness will. Preparewithglenn.com. So much of this is so complicated, but we've been breaking it down all week on TV. Go to blazetv.com. Use the promo code Glenn and save 10 bucks on your membership. Let me give you an update on the next shiny object that the uh, world seems to be focusing on today that we will absolutely forget within two days as soon as there's another shiny object. Um, this time, it's a really sad story out of out of Texas, Dallas, Texas. For anyone within the sound of my voice that lives in Texas, if you didn't think the state of Texas could be turned blue, you're out of your mind. Listen to this story in case you missed it. Uh, we have a mom that says her three and now seven year old son uh, wants to be a girl and has always wanted to be a girl. And so she wants the transition therapy to begin happening, which means you give him drugs that will stop him from going into puberty. It will also sterilize him for the rest of his life. Uh, you know, but no big deal because he wants to be a girl. Dad says he doesn't want to be a girl. This is a mom thing. And uh, the state of Texas, the judge ruled that mom rules. And so mom can say, yeah, we're going to sterilize this kid. This is child abuse. Child abuse. Now. Dad is saying, I will, because he's being forced to pay for the surgery. He's like, I'm not going to pay for it. I won't be involved. And I don't care what it means. I will do everything within my means to stop this. And I think, you know, in Texas, I think that probably means taking the kid and uh, come in and get me. And by the way, I've got guns. I don't know. But I would certainly be considering that if this were my son. In fact, I would do this. So what do we what 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 do we do here? Well, tomorrow the dad's going to be on with us. He can't talk to us today because of another hearing. He has to see how that goes, and then he's going to talk to us tomorrow to tell us what's really going on in this now there's one thing that seems to be left out of all of the uh, stories daily wire uh had it yesterday um he's going to be called luna okay that's the name luna now uh luna is seems like a you know a, a pretty bad uh name if if you're a protein bar it's a decent name yeah it's not it's not bad well this isn't his first choice his first choice was Starfire. Now, his mom didn't like Star, Starfire. 
Uh, so she suggested Luna. And he likes Starfire. And she said, you're not going with Starfire. So mom says that she can, she knows that her son is is old enough, brave enough, secure enough in the knowledge of who he is that he can get a sex change and be sterilized for life. But he's not smart enough to pick out his own name. <laughs> now, the reason why he wants Starfire is because it's a character from the superhero uh, cartoons Teen Titans Go. So he's picking his name from a cartoon he watches. I just want you to just be up to speed on where this kid's mentality is. Oh, I don't know, right where every kid's mentality is. He's he's the reason why mom said that he wanted to be a girl is because when he was three, he was watching this and he's like, I'm Starfire, which is a female character. Oh, you're a, so you're a woman. You're a female. No, I'm Starfire. So you want to be a woman? No, I'm Starfire. Think of your three year old watching a cartoon. He's not seeing the sex. He's seeing the character. I'm Starfire. Matt Walsh pointed out yesterday, how many of our kids have have told us in all seriousness, not that they're lying, not that they're joking, they just are when they're three years old and they're walking on all fours and I'm a dinosaur. Roar! If I took them seriously for a long period of time and said, you are a dinosaur, and then reinforced that, yeah, I'm a dinosaur. Roar! You are a dinosaur. You are a dinosaur. And I kept telling you that all the time, and you're three. You know, you can be a dinosaur if you want to be. I want to be a dinosaur. I am a dinosaur. You don't think that you would have kids claiming to be dinosaurs if you encouraged that? Of course, that's their mindset. And there's no kids that wind up like this that grow up with the crazy names because all of their parents say that name is crazy. Right. They, they don't, none of them are named Starfire. None of them are named Fozzie Bear. None of them are named SpongeBob. Why? If that's how they're identifying, why don't their parents let them go with it? Because they know they're, they're too young and they don't therefore understand. too stupid to make a lifelong decision they like that. They don't understand the lifelong ramifications. And of course, with the lifelong ramifications, you can change your name. We all, we're all calling him Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. That was not a difficult thing. You can change your name pretty easily. Muhammad Ali. 99% of women who get married change their last name, and everyone just learns it. It's an easy transition with a name. Bob Francis is Beto. <laughs> right. I mean, <laughs> if you buy into that one, I can certainly have the name Starfire. Yet Shirley Beto, Bob Frank, Robert Francis will be on the side of this mother yep. who won't allow her kid to name himself, name himself Starfire, but will allow him to name his gender female. That is absolutely insane. And, you know, you, it almost gets to the point where, because uh, a lot of times I think we as conservatives look at these things and like, this kid's going to be screwed up. This, how is this kid going to get through life? It, you know what? Mm-mm. We're wrong on that all the time. You know why? Because society in general just gets dumber and more insane so they fit right in 
They're going to, it'll just be everybody will be named Starfire in 40 years. And we'll all be like, wow, what the hell happened? Everyone's named Starfire. You know, yesterday, uh, Google said that they hit quantum supremacy, which is a very specific term, blah, 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 blah. We can get into that some other time. Google, stop using so much power. Turn it off. We're going to think that you have quantum supremacy with an Apple IIc in about five years because we're going to be so damn stupid <laughs> that we'll be like, you turn on that magic box. Look at that. Whoa, it says two plus two is four. I didn't know that. I mean, we are weeks away from feeding all of our plants Brondo energy drink like they did in Idiocracy. That's where we're going to be. We're going to be sitting back and we're going to be like, why aren't the plants growing? We've given them electrolytes. I don't understand. Electrolytes are good. Like I, it, it, Every day, we seem to get dumber and dumber. And what kills me is the Department of uh, uh, Child and Family Services, okay? Do you remember when Tiffany's uh, son uh, fell, he was playing or something, and cracked his collarbone? Do you remember that? Tiffany, who worked oh, for us. Oh, yeah. Uh, yes, I do. Yeah, okay, you remember yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. And remember, she had to put up with like six months oh, or yeah. a year of the state coming in saying, uh, are you sure you're not beating your child? Yeah, I'm, no, I'm positive I'm not beating my child. <laughs> yeah. And they treated that child like it wasn't even hers because he tripped, fell, broke a collarbone. They weren't even home. It was a, right. the babysitter. was. Rafe, with, with Rafe did that with Tanya. One time, broke mm-hmm. a collarbone. Ha- kids get injured. That's, that's a normal happens. thing. It happens, okay? So the, the state was in their face. Here's a mother saying, yeah, I want to sterilize my kid. I want to make a permanent move based on the fact that my kid thinks he's a cartoon character on the Tiny Toons. What? What? What's wrong with that? What, what? This is when the state should come in and go, hang on here. This is child abuse. Now, the child, the parent can say whatever they want to say. You're a woman. You're a woman. When you grow up, you're going to be a woman. God bless that kid. God bless that kid. But are we really to the point to where when, you, when you're in doubt, you don't know this? And the father is saying, uh, no, this is mom. She's a crackpot. Mm-hmm. We're really just going to go, you know what? Get, let's spin the wheel, Vanna. <laughs> let's spin the wheel. Come on, big win. Isn't this the most pure example right now of, of essentially the two plus two equals five phenomenon? Yes. yes. We all sit here and everyone knows. Everyone knows what we're talking about is true. There's no one in the audience, there's no one in America who doesn't know what we're saying is true. It's a little boy, the little boy is, is doing what he, little boys do, and the fact that we should not apply his seven-year-old reasoning to the rest of his life is obvious to everyone in the sound of my voice and everyone in the country. Yet the overwhelming tide, the overwhelming current is all of us are supposed to say we understand it. We don't. We don't. Say it. Say it with me. Say it. I don't care if you're at your desk around a whole bunch of people. Say it with me. Nope. 
I know that is wrong. Say it out loud. Just say it out loud. If you're by yourself, say it out loud. (laughs) This is wrong. Nope. I will not go over the cliff with the rest of humanity. Say that. Say that. Ready? I will not say this. I will not go over with the rest of humanity. No, No, I I will will not not go over over the cliff with with the rest of humanity. humanity. Say it. Because that's where we are. Every, all these lemmings are like, come on. Oh, we're going to bounce at the bottom. No, you're not. You're not. I saw it in a cartoon. You bounce. You I, don't bounce. Wiley e. Coyote, he lives every time. It's funny. No. No, I won't go over the cliff with the rest of humanity. Are you insane? Two plus two is not five. No. I don't care how you got there. I don't care what you're reasoning. You're wrong. You're wrong. Let's get the governor on. Because the governor, uh, Greg Abbott, has uh, said he's going to investigate uh, this, this whole thing. He's starting an investigation into it. Good. Good. You know, and investigate this while you're at it, governor. What the hell is wrong with people? How could this even happen? Don't investigate the kids. Investigate how this is happening in Texas. Who are the people that are, you know, part of the uh, the child and family services that are like, well, I don't know. He is seven. We should cut his wee-wee off and sterilize him. Are you out of your mind? You know what? Why do we care about genital mutilation with the with with radical Islam? Mm. What the hell is this? All right. Halloween is fast approaching us, and I don't know anything scarier than what's happening in the world today. (sighs) Let me talk to you about uh, stealing your identity. You know, that's a lot like cultural appropriation, except this is real. Cyber criminals today have uh, both grown in numbers and sophistication when it comes to find ways to remove you from your money and that's the worst thing you could know. The worst thing you could do actually is ignoring that. It is it is uh, worth your time to make sure that your identity is not floating around in cyberspace much of the time. And to assume that you're going to escape some kind of incursion in a world where, where cybercrime is increasing rather than decreasing is just foolhardy. Two plus two equals six. I can tell you how I got there. That's why they have LifeLock. LifeLock detects a wide range of identity threats, keeps you informed if somebody is out there trying to get a hold of or sell your information online. Nobody can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses. But LifeLock sees the threats that you might miss on your own. Act now. Get 10% off your first year with promo code BECK. 1-800-LIFELOCK or visit LifeLock.com. Use the promo code BECK. Save 10% off your first year now. 1-800-LIFELOCK or LifeLock.com. Promo code BECK. You're listening to Glenn Beck. You know, this is this is a problem of of socialists denying nature. 
The reason why they don't believe in the Bill of Rights is because it deni- they have to deny nature and the natural man. They deny that, uh, I mean, think of this. They believe that you should not be trusted with a gun. No one should be trusted with a gun. That the government knows better than parents. That teachers know better than parents. That everybody knows more than the general population, right? Because somehow or another, the group of experts that they choose uh, are, uh, are smarter than everybody else. They could administer everybody's life better than you can. But as we see, these experts, many of them are chosen by the public. So how could people who don't get it choose a leader in democracy, choose a leader that can lead them when they're too stupid to run their own life? And then they forget that everybody that they choose, because democracy really only happens, you know, for a couple of votes and then it's over. Uh, when that when that starts to fall apart, they're choosing all of these people that they say are pure. Can you tell me one, one person that you think is a saint right now that is running any government or any place in government with real power? You can't. So where are all these perfect people that have have slayed natural man? You can't have this society that they're pushing for without a group of saints. So who's so where where are they making them? Where are they keeping them? Cuz I certainly don't see them. And until you show them to me and show how they're going to last forever, um no, I, I don't think you have a right to come in and tell me that I, I, I have to have a sex change for my seven-year-old son. Get the hell out. You're listening to Glenn Beck. Mark Zuckerberg's won me over. I'm now a huge fan. I, 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 because I can't. I'm back to that. I take the, I cannot take Congress. How does he do it? I, he's sitting there looking at them, and none of them know what they're talking about. None of them have coherent points. AOC blatantly reads this question. She obviously doesn't know anything about it. She doesn't know the process. He points out the process, and then you can see. Her brain working so hard to make us to come up with a sentence that makes any sense. She fails and just gets destroyed by Zuckerberg, who's just sitting, not even trying to. He's just saying facts. All of this stuff. I actually like him in these situations. I'm convinced that all of this stuff is because of redistricting, you know, because of because of the way we snake some of it. Yeah. I mean, how, how do you get some of these people that are just so crazy? Really? And they're all looking for their little moments to like go viral. It's, it's she like, wasn't the worst. I don't no, know how wasn't. Zuckerberg did it yesterday. We'll, we'll talk about this uh, on the program in just a second. Stand by.
The fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. <laughs> there is no one, no one on planet Earth that could make Mark Zuckerberg a sympathetic figure. Except for every member of Congress. The, the questions that came out of these people's mouths yesterday were just... Oh, it was mind-numbing. It was just mind-numbing. And I... I am I alone? We'll go there in one minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Does anybody care about what's really happening? This is why, I think this is why I just want to go to bed. I just go home and I'm like, I'm tired. Honey, it's 1.30 in the afternoon. I'm tired. I'm going to bed. I just, I can't do it. Let me tell you about MyPillow. Uh, MyPillow is such a great, I th- really, I said this to my wife last night. I really think I've cracked the code. I really think I've cracked the code, at least for my sleep. And my pillow was the last thing to put in. My pillow, uh, right now, if you go there to the website, mypillow.com, you'll get their buy one, get one free on the pillows. So you're getting it like half price. It's fantastic. Buy one, get one free. I love these pillows. I really didn't think I would. But you put your you put your fist through them, uh, you know, on each side uh, right before you go to bed to fluff it up. And I don't know how it stays that shape all night, but it does. They come with a 60-day money-back guarantee, 10-year warranty. And if you pre-order a copy of Mike Lindell's new book, your entire order is going to ship for free. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the new radio listener specials, get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including buy one pillow, get the next one free. Enter the promo code BECK. You can call them at 800-966-3117 or just go to MyPillow.com, click on the new radio listener specials, and use the promo code BECK. Okay. All right, Sister Crazy Eyes was uh, up in front of uh, up in front of Mark Zuckerberg. Now, Mark Zuckerberg is not a sympathetic figure, okay? <laughs> to no. say the least. Not a sympathetic figure, and uh, only AOC and the Congress could make this guy less of a villain. Listen to how crazy. Sister Crazy Eyes was AOC yesterday. I'll move on. Can you explain why you've named The Daily Caller, a publication white, uh, well-documented with ties to white supremacists as an official fact-checker for Facebook? Congresswoman, sure. We actually don't appoint the independent fact-checkers. They go through an independent organization called the Independent Fact-Checking Network that has a rigorous standard for who they allow to, uh, to serve as a fact-checker. So... So, you would say that white supremacist tied yeah. uh, publications meet a rigorous standard for fact checking. I mean, that's all steam power there. Oh my gosh, she's trying so hard. Thank you, uh, Congresswoman. <laughs> I would say that we're not the one assessing that that standard. The international okay, first of all, that's not true about is the one who is setting. Stop. That it's not true about the Daily Color. But no. that you, it was painful for her. 
It was steam engine. You could oh, be, yeah. you could hear her. Somebody in her head was like, throw another log on the fire. Throw another log on the fire. Right. You, question one for those listening to the radio is blatantly red. You could actually see at one point her finger moving across the, <laughs> right, the paper and right. like reading it like a seven-year-old. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she, so she gets through that one with only minor mistakes. When he gives – now, think about this. She's a congresswoman who's supposed to be knowledgeable about this topic. She's on the you know, she's on the committee. She's questioning. And she doesn't know that Facebook doesn't name these people. Like, that is a, a very basic part of this that she should absolutely know before asking a question. So, of course, he lays that out for her. Um, and then she's caught in this, like, line to still try to blame him and say the Daily Caller is bad – and this is the point where, like, her brain is like, if you think picture of like a, a picture of a heart beating, that's like what's going on with her brain inside. It's like it's like actually like physically moving yeah, to try that, to squeeze out a sentence that makes sense in right. English, and it barely works. She kind of gets <laughs> something out there, and, and it is just embarrassing. Oh, oh, that's why she pauses afterwards and goes. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so that brain's like, I got nothing else. I got nothing else. I squeezed it all out. It's amazing. How does this happen? Okay, now let me go to the other amazing, amazing question from Congresswoman, is it Beatty? <laughs> Listen to this. Like you think this is a joke. Mm-hmm. When you He's have ruined laughing. the lives of many people, discriminated against them. Do you know what percentage of African Americans are on Facebook? In comparison to majority folks, do you know what the percentages are? People using the Facebook. Yes. Do you know what the percentages (laughs) are for African Americans? I don't because we don't collect the races of people. Well, it 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 came out in a report and in the Pew Research uh, Center that was sent to you. So maybe you just don't read a lot of things that deal with civil rights or African Americans. How can she think this is a good point? Oh, my. I have a lot of questions I'm going to send to you uh, that I'm not going to be able to get through. And I would like an answer because this is appalling. May I just say, Joyce, to me, I I yield back. Yeah. May I say, Joyce, send them to me because I would love to read them and love to answer you back. Yeah. I Uh, mean, this is the this is the congresswoman from Ohio. mm. You're ruining people's lives. You're ruining no, I know Facebook has ruined people's lives, but yes, that's because they get on it. Right. It's not because they're off of it. Right. Do you know how lucky the African Americans are that they are not on Facebook? <laughs> and by the way, any of them can get on. Right. It's not like what do you what do you want me to do? Go to people's houses and say, for you, Facebook is free. For everybody else, Facebook is free, but for you, it's free. What do you want? What do you want? And I love, again, Zuckerberg is not a figure that you look at with like, oh, wow, I'm sympathetic to him. But you watch him in these hearings, and he's looking at them. He's completely perplexed. He's actually trying to answer these questions. Can you imagine going to Congress? Going to Congress and having to go, you know, every, what is he up? Once a month? Once every two months? It seems like it. Getting on the plane going, I've got to go listen to these people again. I yeah. mean, these people, what a waste of time. Uh, now, here's why he's not sympathetic. Because at the same time, he's like, you know what? I want you guys to regulate me. Yeah, what? Yeah, that's the making who sense. Would, who would do that unless you know they would be writing the regulations with you? Of course. Well, I don't well, know. He, well, he's apparently the only one there that knows anything about his business. 
So this is, you know, we always say this like almost like it's 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 corruption, and it is a form of corruption where these companies come in and they wind up writing half of the legislation. Mm-hmm. But it's because listen to the people who would all, all write it otherwise. Right? They know nothing. I mean, think about what a what a terrible human trait it is to say to someone, "Hey, how many uh, black people are on your platform?" I don't know. We don't take their races. Well, I have a poll here from Pew Research Center, which is the first time I've ever read or heard that name. And uh, <laughs> and do you know what it says? Well, no. I, well, it was sent to you. Maybe you didn't read it. I guess you didn't read it because you don't care about civil rights. Like, that's just blatantly insane. No person can go through that, that, uh, that thought process naturally. And somehow Zuckerberg goes to this entire hearing without even using the word dummy. Because I don't know how I would... <laughs> It would uh, see. This isn't uniting at all. See, this it's is not, not. It is not well, uniting. It's not uniting. It at is all. not uniting, and I don't know how to unite. I don't either. When 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 you're exactly right, dummy, <laughs> just shut up. You're not helping your own case. Mm. See, this is why. This is why we need we need Dave on Dave. I say we we, have, need, we need to figure out a way mm. to come together because I'm not feeling it today. No. All right, coming up in uh, just a second. Uh, we're going to try. We're going to try. We're going to try. Not sure we're going to be able to do it, but we're going to try. Relief factor. When you are in so much pain, you can't just do the regular stuff around the house. I say mission accomplished. Go pain. Um, you know, gee, honey, I can't. I mean, last night, my son and I and Tanya, I was up in a tree, climbing up in a tree. I come down, my son said, you have ants crawling all over you, Dad. And I'm like, oh, no, I just, I love it. We're just changing the light bulbs in the, in the landscaping, the trees. I just love it. Oh, how I wish I could just say, honey, my pain is so bad, I just can't get up into that tree. Thank you, Relief Factor. Thank you very much. Because of you, I was climbing in a tree last night. Thanks a lot. Now, if you think, gee, I'd love to climb in a tree, then try it. Relief Factor works for 70, 70% of the people, but you're going to lose all of your excuses. I'm just saying. Relief Factor. Get out of your pain and get your life back. Unfortunately, all of it. At relieffactor.com. That's relieffactor.com. We pause for 10 seconds. Station ID. All right. Dave Isay is, is uh, with us now. Dave, um, Dave is the founder and president of StoryCorps. Uh, and uh, we're having a hard time finding uh, love in our hearts today, Dave. We really are. So we're counting on you to bring us back to right. unity and peace and, and loving everyone. <laughs> Hi, Glenn. Hi. I'll try. Okay. I'll try. Yeah. It's a tough Things job today. Tough. Yeah, it's a I tough know. job. All right. The um, I, the the story that I chose. Uh, it's always great to be on. And Thank you. and thanks. And and I and hopefully, just the idea of what we're doing with StoryCorps will give people a little bit of hope. And that's what StoryCorps is all about. You know, we go all over the country and we give families the chance to talk to each other. It's two people. It's you and your kid, you and your grandmother. And you sit for 40 minutes um, and talk about whatever you want to talk about. Most people think of it as if I had 40 minutes left to live, what would I say to this person who means so much to me? People ask the big life questions. 
and you keep a copy and another copy goes to the Library of Congress. So your great, 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 great grandkids can get to know your grandmother. I just love this. Life. I wish I could have done this with my grandfather, my grandmother. I just think this is the greatest thing. Well, one of the things you can do is, is um, while you can, is, is, is remember them. Um, because even that, even just your memories of the stories of your grandparents is just so valuable for your, you know, future generations. Um, and, and it also, you know, sitting with someone and listening to them just reminds them that, they're, that they matter and they won't be forgotten. Yeah. And essentially what we're doing is kind of collecting the wisdom of humanity. I, I didn't bring with me a heartbreaking story today. A lot of them are, are sad. This is more... Um, uh, this is this is this is a story about technical innovation circa 1940. OK, technical <laughs> innovation circa 1940. And this is uh, Betty yes. Jenkins. Yes, she's okay. 94 years old right. and she came to StoryCorps with her niece in Ohio. And during the interview, she remembered um, a newfangled device she had gotten from her mom, an inflatable bra. Here's the story. I was very skinny. And I didn't have any curves. I guess my mother got kind of worried because she didn't think I had enough boyfriends. So she bought me a bra that you blow up. I was real excited. So I blew and blew to about 32. I was quite happy with the looks. I got a few wolf whistles. Of course, at that age, you were very self-conscious. That year, I took a trip to South America. I proceeded to fly to Santiago. Soon we were into the Andes Mountains, and it turned out that it was a non-pressurized plane, and (laughs) I felt very uncomfortable. Things were getting very tight. This bra had started to increase in size. As the thing got bigger, I tried to stand up, and I couldn't see my feet. The direction said it would go to 48 if I wanted to. I thought, what will happen if it goes beyond 48? (laughs) And I found out what happened. It blew out. It was a loud, resounding sound. And the co-pilot came into the cabin with the gun, wondering what had happened. The man all pointed to me. Well, it's difficult to explain to people in English that part of your anatomy just blew up. (laughs) To try and do it in Spanish, it's beyond hope. So they made a landing. I was taken off the plane and turned over to two women police, and they told me to strip hunting for what they thought was the bomb. When I stripped down, I showed them the hole in the bra, and they chuckled, and I thought, oh, my, they've gotten the point, and I was allowed back on the plane. A month later... I got a bill from the airline for $400 for an unscheduled stop. <laughs> do you know, Dave, did, did her, do you say she came in with her granddaughter? Did, did uh, yeah. <laughs> Was this story, was that a first telling for this, this uh, I, I, granddaughter? I don't know. I, don't know. I it, it may well have been. 
but it's certainly a telling for the ages. That is so great. <laughs> that is so great. And the bra, yeah, I assume, uh, <laughs> was not part of the family treasure that she passed on. <laughs> we'll, we'll never know. We'll never we'll know. Never know. <laughs> so, Dave, where are you where our listeners can can go? Well, we're all over the country, and people can, can go to uh, StoryCorps.org to find out more. One thing I wanted to just bring up today, if we have a minute, is that every Thanksgiving – um, we have something called the Great Thanksgiving Listen, where we ask people, we have an app now that makes it possible to record a story, core story, anytime, any place with a loved one, honor them by listening to them, and with one tap, upload it to the Library of Congress. And teachers across the country over Thanksgiving uh, assign their students, mostly high school students, to interview an elder and honor them. And we hope that you will... Um, Call your schools uh, where your kids are and ask them to participate, or even not. Just talk to your kids, talk to your grandkids, ask them to download the app and participate with us over Thanksgiving. Oh, I think you that's can great. find out about it at, at storycorps.org or the Great Thanksgiving Listen. So, do and you do this? One, you one, do this every. One, wait, do you do every this every Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving? Indeed, and I'll tell one story about the first Thanksgiving. Um, you know, in in many ways, StoryCorps is really kind of collecting the wisdom of humanity because of the nature of what's talked about um, in, the, in, the, in the booth and on the app. And on the first Thanksgiving, um, we had just launched the app. This was um, three or four years ago. And uh, we, we went around and we told people about the Great Thanksgiving List, and then we hoped people would participate and got a lot of media. And we found on the Thursday of Thanksgiving that um, basically nobody was participating. It was the same as we always saw, a steady state of the recordings on the app. And on Friday... No one had uploaded. None of the students had, had participated. Saturday, I had to go on and do interviews saying, you know, we, we were not giving up. It didn't work this year, but, um, but this is too important. This act of listening, we're going to keep trying. And then on Sunday, we had completely given up, and someone in my office said, you better look at what's happening on the app. And there were thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of interviews being uploaded. Now, I'm an old dad, so it hadn't occurred to me that wisdom that kids wait until Sunday night to do their homework, but I will never forget <laughs> that again. So on Sunday night, we get we got we got as many interviews that Sunday night as we had in the first ten years of Storycorps combined. Wow. So we hope that people will will um, be a part of this. And again, you know, you started. It is things really stink right now. They really stink. Um, but uh, look to your families. Remember the basic goodness of who we are as people. Think the best of people. Remember that none of us are the worst things we've ever done. And, you know, go to a loved one and say, who are you? What have you learned in life? How do you want to be remembered? And uh, it'll just shake you on the shoulder and clear the nonsense and remind you how lucky we are to be alive. Dave, thank you. It's StoryCorps.org, StoryCorps.org. We, you know, we're right around uh, Thanksgiving. Would you come back on the week before Thanksgiving and maybe bring some, you know, bring something that you found from past Thanksgivings? I'd be honored to. Yeah, that'd be great. We'll talk to you, that, you got okay. it. Thank you very much. Dave, I say from StoryCorps.org. Hang on. Uh, who do we ha- who do we have on the phone? Hello. Hello. Am I on the radio airwaves? Yes. Yes, you are. My name is Wilfred. I'm calling from Sun City, Florida. Well, how are things, Wilfred? Very good. I heard the story from the young lady who was on moments ago. She was in ninety four. Do you have her telephone number? No, I don't think she's. Uh, she sounds very hot. Yeah. He's, uh, I was listening to that story. I nearly mm. spit out my Ovaltine. Really? 
Really? It's, yeah. Yes. I, uh, it, she got me going. Mm. You know, she revved my <laughs> engines a little bit. Right. She raised my body temperature right, okay. so right. much that I had to lower the heat in my room to 86. <laughs> really? Yes. It's, wow, you're that hot. Yes. And yeah. I, I, by the way, I, I should point out that I also have a pump attached to my body to inflate. I don't think and, I... And you do not want to go over the maximum capacity. Right. right. Okay. You think it would be a good idea and, and things start, wow. Whoa. You, this Whoa. has happened to you? Oh, my goodness. By accident? Yes, or? Mildred down the hall knows the whole thing. Right. <laughs> Poor Mildred. All right. Okay. She... <laughs> what happened to Mildred? I don't think you want me to get into what happened to Mildred. <laughs> I will say, police visited and believed there was an assault of some sort. <laughs> but it wasn't. She, but no. No. Was she, just... she was into it, and I'll say, she was back next Tuesday. <laughs> She was back with a wow. with a with some mucilix, and right. we went back to town. <laughs> right. okay. okay, thank you very much, Wilford. Thank for, you. Uh, for thank you for calling. I don't know if uh, StoryCorps wants that particular story, but um, why wouldn't they feature that one? They never feature I, stories I, you know, like that. I I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, so much, uh, so much going on. Uh, don't forget, tomorrow we have the dad uh, that is trying to stop his ex-wife from basically neutering his seven-year-old son Mm. and providing a sex change. And the courts here in Texas said, hey, Dad, you have to pay for it. He says this is nuts. The governor is now involved. Uh, There is court proceedings that are happening today. He will be with us on tomorrow's broadcast. You don't want to miss it. You're listening All right, if you are a small business owner, if you work at a big business, it doesn't matter, really. If you don't know your numbers, you don't know your business. Now, this is a problem in a lot of small businesses, and I know because I've gone through it. The hodgepodge of business systems, one for accounting, one for sales, one for inventory, somehow or another, they all have to be integrated. And the truth of the matter is that none of them even speak the same language to one another. This puts you in a situation to where if you don't know your numbers, you don't know your business. You don't know how to move. What what risks can I take? What you need is NetSuite by Oracle. It's a cloud-based business management software that gives you the visibility and control that you need to grow. With NetSuite, you're going to save time, money, unnecessary headaches by managing sales, financing, accounting, orders, HR, all of it from your desktop or your phone. Companies that use NetSuite tend to grow three times faster than the S&P 500. NetSuite, they're offering you invaluable uh, insights right now. Seven key strategies to grow your profits. Go to netsuite.com slash Beck. Did you know you could watch moving pictures on your internet I, machine? No. BlazeTV.com, promo code Glenn, save $10. Crazy last night, huh, Glenn? It's crazy last night. Yeah, you. I mean, two to two going into the seventh inning, and then mm. you know they just bust mm. out for six runs with Justin Verlander in. 
I mean, you, you I want to talk was, about a surprising... I was doing yard work with my wife uh, last night, so I missed all of that. You Darn missed it. the World Series game for you yard didn't work? didn't even your... know that it was on. <laughs> <laughs> Wish I would have had that excuse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is why I, I'm asking you this, because... And by the way, Astros down 2-0, lost both games mm. at home. A, a, a surprise. Yeah, well, the... the The Washington Washington Nationals Nationals, are, are it seems like might be their year. It It does, doesn't it? It does seem like it's their year. Mm -hmm. Yep. Now, our next guest is someone you love, one of your favorite guests, David Petruzza. And he's one of your favorite historians. He tells history in ways that... You don't ever bring history, so it's got to be something about the World (laughs) Series. Maybe a little bit. Uh, David is on with us, and and David, uh, he's got a new book, by the way, called, uh, let's see, where it's the, what's that? Oh, yeah, oh, okay. Oh, so, sorry. Yeah, I thought I, I know he's been writing about this quite a bit. It's the 100th anniversary, I guess, is the big reason. 1919 uh, was the Black Sox scandal, okay? And um, you, of course, know all about that. Absolutely. Uh, right. <laughs> of course. I know they cheated. They cheated, right? There was a big mm-hmm. gambling scandal, and, yeah. and David's been and telling this history. And I, I find it fascinating because uh, – and, and David, I don't know if you're going to be able to get Glenn into this. It's, it's history, which he loves, and he loves you, but then it's also sports, which he has no interest in. So you have to come up with a way to make this interesting to Glenn. I, I think I know how to do that. Okay, All right, go ahead. This is and a challenge. The, the established narrative, which has been going on for a hundred years, is that the red or the White Sox, the Black Sox, did this because they were exploited by management. You know, they were underpaid. They were cheated on bonuses. They weren't even washing their uniforms. Blah 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 blah. And this was established largely. It was been percolating for a long time, but the established narrative is a book called Eight Men Out. It became a movie called Eight Men Out, and then it got transported into a more popular movie called Field of Dreams. Right. I saw and, that one. Right. And the guy. That, you the don't guy, have me yet, but. I remember, hoo, 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 Joe Jackson. Okay. And it's the usual sob story from the left, and it's all a lie. It's all false. The guy who wrote that book, Elliot Asinoff, was very left-wing. He was blacklisted in the 50s. So he was coming at this story from a left-wing, stick it to the man. These guys did it to get, you know, retributive justice. Uh, They were direct action. And so it was all somewhat justified. And what we have found out in the last 20 years, because Major League Baseball did a data dump, and put all the salary data down and all all this stuff, which was just sort of hidden or forgotten forever, and that not only weren't the White Sox, that team underpaid. The season started, they were the third highest paid team in the league, and when it ended, they were the highest paid team in the league, and many of these guys, including the crooked guys, were among the highest paid players in the American League. So all fake. Okay, so you have me, but you lost me on one detail. Sure. <laughs> Were the White Sox? Were the White Sox and the Black Sox the same team? Oh, <laughs> team? Do they only call them well, the Black Sox? 
they were actually the White Sox, but they were only called the white the Black Sox after that scandal for that year? Yes. Wow, that and is an the, amazing. That's a fascinating the, fact. I didn't know. <laughs> wow, you really great. Well, yeah. I, well, I, I was actually asked by a, a, another conservative yesterday morning, do the White Sox still exist? Uh, yes. Yeah, oh. <laughs> so you're, you're not too far behind. Right, okay, I will say, okay. looking at the season, they barely exist. But yes, they so do still you, exist. You, David, you, ha- you had me when it's all wrong. Um, so much of our history is just complete nonsense and written by people with an agenda. And I, I, and it, and I love sports. Pardon me? It filters into sports every aspect of our society. So, David, how bad was this scandal in the press at the time? How, I mean, can you compare it to anything today? Well, it was very big. I, the most recent thing to compare it to was the steroid scandal. But at that time, baseball was invariably called a clean sport to differentiate itself from boxing and horse racing, you know, where fixes were obviously going on. And F. Scott Fitzgerald wrote about uh, Arnold Rothstein, the gambler behind it, as a man who destroyed the faith of 50 million people. This was, you know, the saying you've probably heard, or maybe not, (laughs) say it ain't so, Joe. Yeah. I know that. Okay. Yeah. All that and comes that from comes this. From that, that comes from that, where yeah. a little boy supposedly outside the grand jury, Shoeless Joe Jackson, he was in Field of Dreams, comes out, he's confessed, and the little boy says, say it ain't so, Joe, like in some you know movie. And, and I think the bulk of the American people felt like that, that this was not supposed to happen. Baseball was clean and, you know, baseball mom and apple pie. So and it was happening also at a time after World War Two. It happened during the Wilson administration. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. See, when uh, things 1919 is a good year for you and me. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, so what? What's America coming to? So the how long did it take to recover? Pretty soon. Well, for one thing, when your team is in first place, you forget all the sins of your sport, okay? So the pennant race kicks in. But what really happens is a judge called Kennesaw Mountain Landis had been a progressive. He had fined Standard Oil like $26 million in 1907. He prosecuted the anti-war people or was the judge in the trials of people who were against the war. He comes out after, you know, the... The White Sox, Black Sox guys, the crooked players, are acquitted by a jury in Chicago. And mm. a ju- but Landis, who was a federal judge in Chicago, issues a statement that says no player who endeavors to fix a game, throw a game, sits with, with players and discusses this or with gamblers or who does not inform his club about what's going on will never play baseball again. And that really shuts the scandals down. And the most important part of that is that you have to inform on your other players if you hear something is going on. Because it's always known that, you know, you're not supposed to throw these games. It is not known that you're supposed to, you know, inform on your other players. And this has a sort of parallel with the controversy that, you know, Elliot Asinoff may have been involved in. Not only was he blacklisted, but he 
fronted for blacklisted writers. Okay, this is a time when the communists refused to talk on other about other communists. So it's always a moral issue whether you're to, to use a, a term now in the common parlance, a whistleblower. You know, what's right, what's wrong about that? And in baseball, it was, you're going to, you're not going to be a part. If you hear about this, you're going to tell the authorities. There are a couple of minor scandals. They're minor because they're caught early on in the 1920s, and that's why the scandals stop in baseball. And also, is that, there's another thing going on called Babe Ruth. Is there, is there, um, is this why Pete Rose had such a harsh penalty? Yeah, gambling was always, you know, they land is through an, an owner out in the 1940s for betting on his own team, not against his own team. It wasn't crooked or anything like that, but he was very harsh on gambling. You always used to see signs in the old ballparks, you know, no gambling in, in there. They were very much afraid of being tainted again. And I think, you know, it, the Rose thing is akin to the Shoeless Joe Jackson uh, situation where both of them, there are arguments they should both be in the Hall of Fame because of their playing records, but they're kept out because they're just poison in terms of, of the gambling situation. So did, did Shoeless Joe Jackson, did he, you know, the kids say it ain't so, Joe, he wasn't uh, he didn't spend any time he he was found not guilty did did, did everybody just know was it an oj simpson thing everybody just knew yeah right he just got away with it jackson's case is a little problematical because he never sits in the two meetings to discuss things but he does take five thousand dollars and he goes out to the press after he gets out of the grand jury and says, you know, I was cheated. I wasn't get I didn't get the other 15,000 I was promised. He has a tremendous <laughs> hitting record during the series. He plays great. Uh but he plays great. He hits 375, 12 hits, the only home run of the series. So people point to that, but he took the money and it appears it, it looks like the best most coherent scenario of this is that he lent his name to the fix that really his prestige as the best player on that team, the best position player helped seal the deal with the gamblers. Did he go on to play in 1920? He, well, they all play in 1920 because the scandal is not uncovered until very late in the season when they're all suspended with the pennant race still going on. Mm. And Comiskey, the owner, the so-called cheapskate owner, uh, bounces all the players who are still on the team. Uh, interestingly enough, the Yankees then offer to lend Babe Ruth to the White Sox so they can finish out their season competitively. Holy cow! <laughs> wow! Holy cow! Have things that changed? Was, that was not. That was not allowed. <laughs> wow! Wow! Uh, David, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Okay, thank you. God bless you. Uh, one of my favorite historians, David Petruza, uh, who is fascinated with the progressive era just as much as i am and loves to find stories that uh just are upside down because some socialist communist progressive took the story and just carved the heart out of it and someday something we'll new have, someday we'll have a story about a, a young boy in texas who was brutalized by his father who wouldn't allow him to transform into a woman named starfire 
And that's how the history will be written about it that is. incident. It, it is, is right now. It yeah. is. It's being written today. By the way, we have him on with us uh, tomorrow to talk about that. Court case is going on today. Right now, somewhere in the United States, somebody's about to commit a burglary. Hmm. Going to break into a house, steal as much as he can before running off and trying to get away. And if he's smart, he knows that depending on what alarm system, if any, the owner has, he has an average of about 45 minutes before the police arrive. Unless that house has Simply Safe. If you're a burglar, turn this off for a second. Cause, well, no, turn it up because actually I'd like you to know so you don't even attempt. But I'd kind of like to get you caught. Simply Safe, if the burglar is smart, he'll try a different house. Because the average response time for a simply safe house that is broken into is now seven minutes, not 45. That's a huge difference. State of the art, round the clock monitoring with, with, with the most respectful people in the business. They respect your privacy. Only $15 a month. That's not a lot to pay for peace of mind. Simply safe. Huge deal going on right now. You go to simplysafebeck.com, get a free HD security camera when you order. It's a $100 value. You'll have eyes on your home 24-7 and video evidence if somebody's trying to get you in or get them in. And and honestly, that that is why it goes from seven from 45 minutes to 7 minutes because they have video evidence. And they tell the police, no, there's a break-in happening right now. It's simplysafebeck.com. That's simplysafebeck.com. You're listening to Glenn Beck. Oh, man, another glass ceiling has been broken for women. Yay! All the women can celebrate. Dozens of House members have been involved in Capitol Hill sex scandals, but to date, they've all been men. But that glass ceiling has been broken. Yay! Katie Hill is the first female lawmaker to face House ethics inquiry over sexual relationships. See, men and women are the same. <laughs> And they both, they in this situation are both interested in younger women, which is almost always the case with the men, and in this situation also with the women. We should just ban younger women. Yes, if cancel we just them. Got, if we just got rid of all younger women, or we got rid of everyone else except younger women, either one is definitely the right path forward. Yeah, you got to pick one of them. Yeah, just either execute everyone over twenty that's not female, <laughs> or execute all females under twenty. That's all we have to do, and it's fixed. You don't like that idea? So anyway, um, she's the first woman uh, to to uh, you know uh, have an ethics investigation on sexual mis- misconduct. Uh, she said she was having a uh, consensual relationship with a young staffer, but don't we know, Stu? Don't we know now that the power dynamics, the pirate power dynamics, yes. this was abuse. Mm-hmm. This could have been rape even. She says, uh, during the final tumultuous years of my abusive marriage, I became involved in a relationship with someone on my campaign. I know that even a consensual relationship with a subordinate 
is inappropriate, but right. I still allowed it to happen despite my better judgment. Okay, but hang on just a second. But the uh, younger staffer was doing like a three-way with the, uh, uh, quote, Prompt. abusive husband who the the third wheel uh, says, no, it's the other way around. Uh, she was abusive to him. First of all, don't demean it by the tawdry use of threesome. Uh, it sorry, was a thruple. Thruple. Mm-hmm. thruple. A thruple. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yes, there's all... I mean, look, it's a divorce. And there is a big part of me that says this is their crazy personal life. And, you know, I don't... You know, when it comes to a campaign, there's an ethics investigation. It's obviously news. But it is, at some level, their personal business. Um, it's interesting the double standard that happens here because you can dig into all sorts of divorce hearings when Barack Obama is running against Jack Ryan in Illinois to get a Senate seat that leads to the presidency. It's totally unfined on un- uh, uh, unearth those records and push them all over the media. But uh, with this one, people seem to be a little bit more hesitant to do so. Yeah, well, I mean, it's her personal life. She was just exploring, you know, and mm-hmm. and doing something that the the victim says was dark and unnatural <laughs> we're just um we have michael knowles on here and he was just protested by um these uh, people who are standing up for the rights of transgender people which i'm fine with rights of transgender <sighs> But they threw out this line that said, uh, you know, the the rate of transgenders being killed in our country. And I asked you, is there an epidemic going on? Because I keep hearing this from people. And how come I'm not seeing the stories on the news? Yeah. I mean, if somebody is hunting down transgender people, if somebody is if they are if there are hate crimes against transgender people, we should know about it. Yeah. Here's the actual stat from 2015 to 2017. There were three murders of trans women motivated by the victim's transgender identity. So three total in three years. Um, All three involved concealing their physical sex, which is, you know, they were not again, not necessarily saying they were, you know. two of them were sex work so guy goes gets a prostitute thinks it's a man and it's a woman or the other way around probably (laughs) now that i think about it probably Mm -hmm. the other way around uh that's what those were now those aren't right but this is not a hunting down of transgender people this is they thought it was a woman and all of a sudden you know they got a little surprise yeah that that uh, that doesn't work out well yeah still not a good reason no 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 no, no doubt Uh, but maybe shouldn't be in a prostitution place anyway So this weekend, uh, there's a debate going on. And, well, there's a debate going on all the time. And and lately, the debate has been about transgenderism and uh, the violence against transgenderism. And if you speak out and say, hey, I don't think that seven-year-old should get a sex change operation. I don't think that's a good idea. You, of course, are a hate monger. In fact, uh, you might even be labeled, let me look for it here, a a dapper, lib-triggering troll. That's how Vanity Fair uh, describes our next guest in one minute. This 
is the Glenbeck program. I'm going out on a limb here and guessing that if you're listening to me, you probably have a lot of the same values that I do, except for those who are transcribing things for a Soros, uh, you know, someone, you know, one of the NGOs for Soros. I'm going to guess, like me, you're not particularly happy when you know your money is uh, being spent on things like, oh, I don't know, Planned Parenthood and La Raza. Sometimes it can't be helped. Sometimes you, you know, have to buy a product and they make a unique product, but not with your mobile phone for survivor, uh, uh, provider. Big mobile companies are subsidizing leftist causes that are re- er- eroding our values, our rights, and our country. Patriot Mobile is the only cell company that donates to the causes that you and I believe in. So when you're paying Verizon, do you know they take a good percentage of what you pay them and they're giving that money to Planned Parenthood or La Raza? I I don't want my money going there. Well, I don't have a choice. Yes, you do. Patriot Mobile has all of the same cell towers. Everybody's on the same cell tower. I got news for you. So everybody's on the same cell tower. This is better service. This is cheaper. And the best part, you're not giving your money to Planned Parenthood. Yeah, you're not killing babies when you're making a phone call. (laughs) Who would have thunk it? Get reliable nationwide coverage with unlimited talk, plus the text plans starting as low as $25 a month, plus free activation on up to two lines with the offer code BECK. So call them now, 877-367-7524. Visit them online at patriotmobile.com slash BECK. That's patriotmobile.com slash BECK, 877-367-7524, or online at patriotmobile.com slash BECK. Mr. Michael Knowles, the host of the Michael Mo- uh, Knowles Show uh, at the Daily Wire, a uh, a very funny guy, very smart guy, accomplished writer, I could say. I could say writer, kind of like that when I say he was uh, the, auth- the author of the number one best-selling uh, book, Reasons to Vote for Democrats. <laughs> if... If you don't know why I say writer, it was very thorough. You should go in and look that book up. Welcome to the program, Michael Knowles. How are you? Glenn, thank you for having me, and thank you for your very, very generous definition of the word writer. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, Michael, first of all, how have you been? I haven't talked to you in a while. It's good to hear from you. I've been doing... Uh, it's good to hear from you, Glenn. I've been doing well, and I have been on my uh, YAF, Young America's Foundation, lecture tour, which is the Men Are Not Women and Other Uncomfortable Truths lecture tour. And I have never seen a basic biological reality meet such protests. I actually found myself, uh, I was an assignment in a gender studies class, a gender studies class called Sex and love, two of my favorite subjects, by the way, actually assigned the students a a protest against my speech. Not to come see my speech, but to protest the speech. So it's been a pretty wild few weeks. You know, it's really weird. Uh, When I was in school, you would get extra credit by watching something or going someplace, (laughs) listening it, and then having a conversation or writing a paper on it. We just just cut right to the chase. Don't even listen. Just protest. This must have been a hundred years ago. That they, I mean, I think now the yeah. universities have completely flipped this on its head because what there was a protester at this speech who, on camera, you can see it on YouTube, 
said the reason we're protesting is because this speech is literally violence. And so, I mean, that was my, my reaction to you. I said, you know, back in the way, way back days when I was in college just a few years ago, mm. you would get extra credit if you went and listened to a lecture. Now you're getting credit for protesting a lecture. The way that they've done it is because they can't refute any sort of conservative argument. The only way that they can fight back against our arguments is to censor us, to shut us down, to protest us. And the best way that they can do that is to equate our speech with violence because it then justifies their own violence in return. That is absolutely crazy. So you were, where were you? I, I saw a, a video, I think it came Monday, and you were giving your, your talk, and outside was this class. Let's roll some of the video. This was not exactly, I mean, it was uh, seemingly kind of well attended. Must have been maybe, I don't know, 50 or 75 people there. Um, but they weren't really, it wasn't an exciting rally. Uh, and, and some of the uh, points they're making, like the high rate of, uh, of, of transgender being killed, you know, we looked it up, and in a three-year period, there were only three people that were transgender that were murdered because they were transgendered. And that right. all three of them uh, are, uh, involved the surprise that apparently hits some people when they believe they're about to hook up with a woman and it maybe is not a woman. Right. Um, that was the cause of three. And I mean, when you say them, hook up, it was during, you're paying. You're it was paying. sex work. Yes. It's a yeah. sex worker. So, you know, you don't run into the best class of Johns, you know, all the time. Cruising the boulevard. Right, right, right. You know, you know, of course, they totally manipulate the statistics. And it, it's all for this emotional manipulation. What's funny is the tour, you know, it, it takes its title from the speech that I gave, Men Are Not Women, where I first was uh, very protested and, and uh, actually physically assaulted too. And But the, there are these other uncomfortable truths. And the two that I've been giving, the video you saw and, and the clip you played was at Kennesaw State in Georgia. And then I was at University of Florida last night. And the two other uncomfortable truths were that the mainstream media are fake news, that you're being fed a bill of goods from leftist propagandists, much like we heard in that clip. And then the next one I thought was more important, which is that leftism is not compassionate. And what they're saying is that if we state very basic biological realities, that that's actually cruel, it's leading to murder, and it's leading to suicide. And none of the statistics back that up at all. Mm -hmm. But what they want to do is, is portray reality as cruel and portray fantasy as compassionate. And, and of course, that simply isn't true. So, Michael, what is the what's the reaction on uh, campuses? Because I'm I'm starting to see videos where there are thousands of people that are turning out positively for yeah. for conservative 
and I can't even say conservative, just science facts. Yeah. There are many, many multiples more people who were turning out to these lectures to engage in a productive way. You know, I was at the University of Florida last night. There were hundreds of people there, and it wasn't all conservative students. Many were moderates, and a few of them were left-wing. And some of the left-wingers got up there and asked questions in a mostly respectful way. And it was really productive, and it's sort of what the university is supposed to do, is to foster dialogue, and everybody can leave hopefully having learned something. I think we've reached a tipping point with these these censors, with these people who are going to try to shut us down. You know, they they tell you that anybody to the right of Hillary Clinton is a fascist and a bigot and a Nazi and a murderer. And I just think nobody really believes it. And they've, they've simply gone too far. And at this point, if, if you are going to protest a, a basic fact, you know, men are not women, you might as well protest the idea that two plus two equals four. I think the vast, vast majority of people know that the censors have lost the narrative and they're, they're not going to take it anymore. They're going to turn out and they're not going to be robbed of their university experience. Well, here's what's here's what's weird. I, I agree with you. I think people who are independent, I think a lot of Democrats and conservatives, they know all of this. I, I really think most people are like, come on, man. I don't want to hate people. I don't hate people. You want to do this with your life and your own body. That's fine. I don't necessarily agree with it, but I'm not you. So go ahead and do whatever it is that you want to do. But don't do it to kids, you know. Um, And I think that's where most people are. The problem is, as we are starting to say, this is crazy. And I think on, on all fronts, this is crazy. We have to have a conversation about this. They have institutionalized, not just in the schools, but they've institutionalized it in our government. When you have a seven-year-old in a Texas court being told that his mother can basically sterilize him and turn him into a woman when, you know, forget it. Even if that seven-year-old says, yeah, I am, I am, I'm Carol Channing. You don't do that to a seven-year-old. But here in Texas, that is happening. I mean, if it's happening in Texas, good heavens, what's happening in California and New York? I think people are seeing this. I mean, I I was shocked myself when I saw the Texas decision, and very little shocks me these days. I am in the news 24-7, and I couldn't believe it because the, the problem runs so much deeper than we thought. You know, when you see the people with the crazy hair and they're yelling and screaming and they're all upset because of their leftist politics, it's easy to write that off and say, okay, these are just fringe lunatic people and the vast majority are normal. But when you have this institutionalized, not just in the judiciary, but in the judiciary in conservative places, you realize how deep the rot runs. I think this is why these conservative campus uh, lecture series and these actually independent campus lecture series and the protests they meet are so important, too, because it shows you how deep the rot runs, even at elite universities. You know, there was a study out of ISI that showed that graduating seniors at elite universities know less about their history and their government and their politics than incoming freshmen. This is is a really, really deep problem, and it's going to take a lot more than one or two elections or one or two decisions to turn it around. All right, this weekend Politicon is happening in Nashville, and you're going to be there. And who are you debating? I am going to be debating a Democratic strategist by the name of Chris Hahn, who uh, once called me Skinny Boy on national television. So that (laughs) tells you a little bit about the tenor of our debate. It should be... 
lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Michael, thank you so much. You can find Michael uh, at uh, thedailywire.com. Uh, and uh, listen to his show, The Michael Knowles Show, and see him this weekend at Politicon. Thanks, Michael. Appreciate it. Thanks so much, Glenn. You bet. Men are not women. That's that's controversial. That's crazy. I mean, I don't know what he's talking about. Crazy. All right, let me tell you about uh, CarShield. If your car has 5,000, 150,000 miles on it, you're out of warranty. You know, I don't care if it's 5,000 miles. You know, it's like, I don't know, it's like that there's a, the, some sort of tracking device in it. And it, it tra- doesn't track where you are. It tracks when the warranty expires. And then as soon as that, that warranty bell goes off, it just starts to, just, your car just turns into like a, a car made out of Alka-Seltzer in a rainstorm. It's just, <laughs> it just dissolves. It's just over. Like the, the face of the guy in Raiders of the Lost Ark at the end when yeah. he looks at the Ark. Yeah. And it just, that's yeah. how it's like when does. you have a mechanic, you just ran out of warranty. <laughs> it's like, just like him, don't look into the box. Don't look under the hood. Don't look under the hood. <laughs> uh, so what do you need? Car shield. I used to worry about, you know, my cars. I have two trucks that, I don't know, have a billion miles on them, and they didn't have any warranty. And I'm like, oh, geez, every time we would take them in for oil change or anything, always they would, they, something would be wrong. Well, I have CarShield. They have saved me thousands of dollars. They can do the same for you as well. Go to carshield.com or call 800-CAR-6000, 800-CAR-6000, or go to carshield.com. Use the promo code BECK, carshield.com. We pause for 10 seconds, Station ID. So they're um, putting Representative Cummings uh, lying in state now at the Capitol in Washington, D.C. I mean, he is a guy who did a lot of good in his life, a lot of good in his life, did some things that I don't agree with, but he did a lot of good, good in his life. And uh, it's weird how these guys come and go. You know, I read something about Barney Frank. I'm, I'm working on this book, uh, uh, arguing with idiots or sorry, arguing with socialists. Same thing. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, and Barney Frank was in some of the research that we did. And I thought, ah, whatever happened to Barney Frank, where is he now on a metal detector someplace, you know, in Cape Cod or somewhere, where is Barney Frank now? Do you have an answer to this? No, I have no idea. I didn't care enough to look it up, but I see you're already I'm cu- like, Now I'm curious too. Yeah. I, I do occasionally see him on television. I feel like relatively recently he was, uh, he made some news because, he said something that disagreed with the left. Like he was, because now Barney Frank is probably like super conservative compared to what they yeah. have now in yeah. Congress. Yeah. He's probably like, you know, he looking at AOC, like, who is this person? A socialist. You know what I mean? Like Barney Frank is, was super left at one time, but I, yeah, I don't no. know how he'd fit into this Congress. If he's, if he doesn't fit in now, it's John F. Kennedy must be Hitler to the left. Oh my God. They must just be like, Ask not what you, what <laughs> we're gonna do what I mean lowering taxes on rich people can you imagine a world where this was suggested in today's Democratic Party I mean it's not you, you the can't. only way the Democrats win is if they have somebody that connects with the youth that's the only way they win 
because I don't think America is just going to go. Did you see Joe Biden's numbers? His numbers are going up. Yeah, I mean, it, there's various polls possible? telling different stories. You know, it's you know the thing that I did talk about at one point uh, about how I think putting Biden versus Trump as the marquee matchup because of this impeachment and, and the Ukraine stuff, I think might help him. And I, you, you look at the CNN poll, it's 34 to 19. He's up over Elizabeth Warren. And I point you to that poll because it's the first shred of evidence that my theory was true. And everything so else is know. pointed the other direction. So, 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 so hear me out. Hear me let out. Let me highlight it. L- mm. That may be right. That <laughs> may absolutely be right. I have another theory mm-hmm. that they got to the edge of the abyss without Joe Biden. And they went, oh, good God, not that. None of these people will work. And so they're back like... Back to Jolton Joe. Oh, I gotta go back yeah. to Jolton Joe. If it's possible, I, you know, there's another poll out today. All these are... It's funny because all these polls come out and they they can give you a news cycle if you really want them to. There's a poll out of Iowa today that shows uh, Biden in fourth uh, behind uh, a surging Pete Buttigieg who seems to be taking some of his votes in that state. It's hard to know, though when you look at the national polling... This is since the last debate. I mean, almost nothing has changed. Almost nothing. Joe Biden still leads the field. Um, this is uh, he's with uh, 27.4. He's down a half a point since the last debate. Warren is up a half a point since the last debate. Sanders is up a point. Um, Buttigieg is up a point. But again, it's like right now it's 27.4 to 21. Biden leads. Then 17 for Sanders. Then six and a half for Buttigieg. And five and a half for Harris, who's actually up since the last debate. I mean, you know, like, we get these impressions that these huge moves are happening because of one poll. But when you look at the, 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 the grand scheme of things, it looks like there's a couple of front runners with Warren and Biden. There's a couple people behind with Sanders and Buttigieg that are in the running in some ways. You can make an argument they're there. Then there's a couple more who are hanging on by, the, by a thread. And then you got a bunch of nobodies. It's basically where we are. A bunch of people who are about to drop out. So what is Buttigieg, What is the D- DNC going to do with Judge? Because they're running polls, you know, in the South, and oh. African Americans <laughs> are not uh, ready for a gay president. You know, I will say the polling is fascinating on this um, because what you see when you actually break this down is it's a gay president is still one of those things a lot of Americans will not vote for, including about 20 percent of Democrats. So shut up. about 20 percent of Democrats say They're they will not. Mongers. Right. And it's, it's something like 30 percent of Republicans and 20 some odd percent of independents who say no matter who the person is, if they're gay, they will not vote for them. Those are to me surprisingly high numbers in 2019. Shockingly. Um, and I'm sure they're going to be dropping. That's the way these things usually move. But, it, you know, the argument here is that it's a little too early. And if you remember, going back to um, the gay marriage situation in California, probably most famously, uh, black voters who are almost exclusively Democrat mm-hmm. voted uh, against gay marriage at much higher numbers than white voters did. And what you're seeing higher voters than Christians. Yeah. Just just plain white Christians. Mm-hmm. You go to the uh, South Carolina polling and Buttigieg uh, is hitting the high peak of 0% over and over again among black voters. Wow. Uh, in fact, you know, he'll hit, 
you look at you look around these demographics and you'll see Elizabeth Warren's at you know say twenty percent, and then she gets you know fifteen percent of black voters, and and you know mm-hmm. uh, it goes to the demographics, and they're generally equal. Biden does particularly well among black voters. Buttigieg is like twelve percent of voters uh, and zero percent of African American voters. Like they he cannot seem to get any. African-Americans so there's no to way that he can be the guy. Well, I mean, unless it changes, maybe he can make his case. But there's a there's there's some reasons to believe that it's it's not going to change. And then what do you do? Because you can't. Not only can you I not win the presidency without the black vote and a strong showing from it, you can't win the nomination without it either. Maybe we're both right. Maybe people looked at uh, you know Trump versus Biden and went, yeah, okay, he's our guy, and looked over the abyss and went, there is no other guy. To hear the audio of uh, the Hillary Clinton aide that said, she said, yeah, yeah. I'll I'll play it for you Hmm, in a second. Tom is from uh, Texas. Now, Texans are different than the average American, I think. And uh, and so are 85 year olds, 85 year olds. They lived through they lived through everything. They're like 85. You think I was soft to get to 85? So he works still as a small aircraft flight instructor, and he rides his bicycle every day. Uh, and the only signs that, that uh, Tom was getting older was his lower back and his left hip. And it started to give him, you know, unending uh, grief, and it became harder and harder. He couldn't ride his bike, and then, you know, am I going to have to give up my flying, et cetera, et cetera. Then he discovered Relief Factor. Shortly after he started taking it, the back and hip pain went away and, quoting, stayed almost entirely away ever since. If you take it the way it's directed, 70% of us find great relief. Try it. Tom did. It worked for him. Works for me. Go to relieffactor.com. Relieffactor.com. Go to blazetv.com, use the promo code Glenn for $10 off. Maybe we'll even highlight on the show when Hillary Clinton's advisor said, rum, rum, rum. All right, so so I, I've got to play this for you. Welcome to the Glenn Beck program, by the way. I got to play a longtime Clinton advisor, Philip Rons, uh, which I think I I think we know that name because I I think that's just another uh, a Twitter account for Mitt Romney. I'm not sure, but uh, Clinton advisor Philip Rons has uh, left the door wide open for a potential 2020 run. Listen to this. You're looking for it. It's right at the top of the sheet. Long time Clinton advisor. Audio. Hmm. Apparently, well, look, this is a huge if. Uh-huh. But if she right? were to jump in for whatever reason, and the party has moved someplace that she hasn't, then she won't get the votes. That's the point of the primary. There are, I guess, still 19 people. There are a few that are in double digits. If she were to run and people think that she's too left, too right, too center, whatever you want to call it, that's the beauty of it. They get to vote against whoever they want. I mean, I, if you gave me a choice between betting on her running or betting on Powerball, I'd probably bet on Powerball. But if she were to run, people get to decide. Is yeah, she okay? I, I, so she does. I know you do and, because and there's, a you, whole, I, there's a cottage industry yes, around her. I she might as, to some extent, she might she as should. well run. 
She's become like the most reasonable person she, in the Democratic Party. She That's be, scary. She might be the best person to beat President Pence. Oh. I'm sorry. I meant President Trump. <laughs> get that? Did you see what he did there with, the, with the President funny. Pence thing? Did you get? Did you She's understand that? She's the most reasonable. Mm. Hillary Clinton is. Oh, okay, okay, all right. I mean, I, I it's, she does seem, you know, almost William Buckley esque compared to <laughs> the, the current crop of yes, candidates. Yes, yes. That's only because Stalin is also running. <laughs> Stalin see. is also the right of this field. Uh, yeah, it's, it's. I think. I mean, it, they've moved. No one believes that Hillary Clinton is some moderate, but in outward language, I mean, she definitely tried to signal she was more moderate than almost everyone in this field, including the people they're calling moderates in this field, like Biden, like Buttigieg. Like, uh, you know, th- this is, they've moved a really far distance really quickly. Oh, and, yeah. And I feel like, you know, look, I am not a, the type of person who wants to give advice to Democrats, mm. but there is a situation where it seems like they learned all the wrong lessons from 2016. You know, they, 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 they're taking Hillary Clinton, a person who just personality-wise, could not deal with Donald Trump. Couldn't do it. She was a terrible candidate, but she also has the, the personality and the traits that would just do, do, do not do well against a Trump-like candidate. Then they're going to run Elizabeth Warren, who has all of the same traits. All of them. And the other part of that is she's f- far more left than Hillary Clinton at least portrayed herself. Mm-hmm. So those, those voters who voted for Obama and then Trump, who decided the election... They're going to say, well, I could, I, I voted for Trump last time against Clinton, but this time they are running a socialist with the same package, so maybe I'll consider changing my mind again. And then you have Hillary Clinton who came to the table and said, hey, you know what, there's a slice of the Trump voters that are they're just deplorables. There's a basket of dis- deplorables. With her expressed point being, many of them are not in the bas- basket of deplorables. Then this entire field in 2020, instead of learning the lessons and saying, well, that was, we shouldn't really be calling any of them deplorables, they're now calling all of them deplorables. I know. They're all racist. Anyone who supports Trump is the worst person on earth. I know. They've lost, they've learned every wrong uh, lesson from that election. And if they somehow win, it will be in spite of themselves. Who was it that I was reading? Somebody said, uh, I'm not a Trump supporter. But I, I think what's happening is ridiculous. And he said, I don't know how to talk to Democrats or anybody on the left. He said, I, I, I just say, well, now, wait a minute. I mean, Elizabeth Warren, are you a Trump supporter? No, I just think that this is, you're a Trump supporter. You're on the Trump train. Mm. What are you all MAGA now? No. And, and he said, I, you, they don't know how to say anything to anyone Except, oh, you're just on the Trump train. You just want to be on the Trump train. No, no can we talk about the issues here? Can yeah. we just talk about issues? That's how they handle all these things, right? Yeah. Like if, if you mm-hmm. don't agree with a seven-year-old having their, uh, their you know, uh, I don't know I don't know how to describe the process, mm-hmm. but yeah. puberty blockers, and they're going to turn a, a seven-year-old boy into a seven-year-old girl, well, then you're transphobic. If you don't like a, a, a black Democrat for some reason, like their tax policy, you're a racist. You know, if you don't like it, they just continually have these weird black and white lines that allow them to define this debate in their head as right. something that's rational, but it's not. And if you actually talk to people, can we play the Blaze Media, the interviewing that we did uh, at the Trump rally? Send the Blaze cameras and microphones out. And we just wanted to talk to regular supporters of Donald Trump. Listen to what they actually had to say. 
What do you guys like about Trump? Like he's still black. He can stand his ground when people try to push him down. I like that he's attacking things that I've been waiting for people to approach and attack for many years. I like that he also is for the forgotten man. He talks a lot about the people that are forgotten. And he does more for people of color. And he talks about more things that I can see that will affect me, as well as my grandchildren. So I am a Trump supporter. What's your sign? Uh, what do you want to know about it? What does it mean? Uh, basically that even though I'm gay, I don't have to think a certain way like the left presumes that we have to. Um, I was born conservative, also born gay, free thinker. Uh, yeah, that's, that's what it's here for. I'm, I'm conservative. I've never in my life thought I'd be holding a sign telling everybody I'm gay. But I think it's important to do that right now, because if not, we're going to lose, we're going to lose control. So what do you like about it? He, he actually does what he says he's going to do. And he's hilarious. He is so funny. The liberals have no sense of humor. He is super funny. You know, is that intentional? Sometimes it is. Is his comedy uh, intentional? Or is he just doesn't give a crap? I mean, that's what I predicted would happen before Obama was even selected as the candidate. I said, if this guy becomes the candidate and the president, when he's done... We're going to get a guy who's just like, ah, oh, yeah, you know, I farted. <laughs> Don't we all fart? <laughs> That's what he is. He just doesn't care. Right. The person that is not refined, the person that just blurts out what they're thinking, the person that says things that, you know, a lot of people say uh, around the bar. I mean, that whole that whole thing, which is, you know, turned into somewhat of a cliche, is kind of accurate with Trump, right? I mean, it's kind of what he does. It's in a strange package of a billionaire real estate mogul, but it is. Right. It is I mean, it is right. who he is. Right. And I think most of the time, I think there you can definitely see that Trump likes the humor and finds it sometimes intentionally. Uh, but that's not, I don't know that that's necessarily what that guy's talking about. He just likes the fact that, you know, he just, he just says stuff and it, and it pisses people off and he doesn't care. And there, there's, there's always something humorous about that. Yeah, there is. I mean, that's what what you like about every you know. You go back to George Carlin, or you go back to Richard Pryor, or, or, or you know Lenny Bruce, or any any person who's just saying these things and children. doesn't care. It's what you like yeah. about children. You know, Bill Cosby. I hate to bring him up, but Bill Cosby. <laughs> remember, he did uh, the old Art Link letter thing. Children say the darndest oh, things. Yeah. It's, yeah, I think that's still on. I think there's another version of that. That's is on it that really? One, yeah. yeah, I bet with Jack, with, Bill Cosby. with Jeff Foxworthy. I think. I think he did it for a while, and I want to say there's another version of it <laughs> Get on out now. Of you, really? Uh, but uh, Bill not appearing. Yeah, but it's funny because <laughs> when you talk to when you actually talk to kids, you you find them funny <laughs> because. They just say what they're thinking. There's no filter. And they're usually right. But you don't say that in polite company. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Tiffany Haddish is the new host of that, that program. And, of course, you know Tiffany Haddish from um, all of her work. Uh, I mean, you're, all over. You're looking at IMDb over, right Like, for now, example, I... Girls Trip is oh, one that you Girls Trip? Tell me, about, uh, her from... tell me about your favorite scene in Girls Trip. <laughs> Y'all, well, you remember that part where they get in the car? Like all the girls in the car at the same oh, time, and like wild yeah, stuff happens. Yeah. Oh my god, that's like really what good. wild stuff? In oh, particular. when they're talking about all those those issues, you shouldn't you just shouldn't talk about in right. a car on a <laughs> right. trip. Yeah, with she girls. was in that. Yeah, she, which one was she? She was the one in the car, right? One I know, the, but there were others the yeah. that were in the car. Uh, which you one? know, they were all. I hate to. I, I'd hate to 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 
define them by their appearance. Oh, you are. Um, or you uh, one are of their so attributes. thoughtful. Yeah. <laughs> Any specific attribute. Who I the hell is to... she? She was in Girls Trip. Okay, didn't see it. She was in. Okay, I'm looking now. She was at a girls' trip. Yeah, I, I got that? that one. I got it. I got it. Well, night school. You saw that one, of course. Night school did not see that Uncle one. Uncle Drew. <laughs> Uncle Drew did I not. did not see. Um, let's see. A bunch of voice work. Oh, maybe I've heard her from like a Campbell's commercial. No, no. You've heard her from <laughs> Lego Movie 2, Secret Life of Pets 2, Angry Birds Movie 2. Oh. Apparently none of the originals, but okay. she's in, she's <laughs> she's in all the, the crappy one. sequels so that like, people don't like as much. So like, why was she in the Lego Movie 2? She was uh, Queen something. Queen uh, Waterva Wanabi. I don't know. I did not see the Lego Movie Don't part remember two. which I did and uh, don't remember that role. So it's like saying you saw her in Girl's Trip. <laughs> she was in Girl's Trip, but she is coming up in Bad Trip, which I don't know if it's related to Girl's Trip, but I'm I'm sure it's going to be fantastic. Well, she's fantastic. I think we've decided in all that she does. So let's let's move. What what is she even? Why did you bring her up? Because she's the host of uh, Oh, the, kids say the, the darndest things. The darndest things. Are such. they still saying it? Darndest, darndest. Dar- uh, kids say the darndest things. Wow, yes. there's still. an old timey word. Darndest thing. Kids say the darndest things. Yeah. That one's Tonight on ABC Television. I will say she was also in the music video for Ringaling by Patrick <laughs> Hall. Oh, okay. So I saw that. You may one. remember you remember her from there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When are they gonna change it to Kids are just all effed up? <laughs> yeah, I know. That is the next step, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is. All right, our sponsor this half hour, I want to talk to you about the future of online security. Cybercrime has evolved, and it's going to continue to evolve. That's why Norton has evolved. Now, Norton is something we've had forever. We know it as, you know, they put the Norton antivirus stuff up. and Okay, we've known it for years. They've been ahead of things. They've been the best. They've gone above and beyond the call. In the past, now they're doing it again. Now we've been telling you about Norton Secure VPN and the benefits that come with a VPN, securing your Wi-Fi connection to help protect your online privacy. But now they've added Norton 360. So with Norton 360, you get the VPN we've been talking about, plus real-time security for your devices and password manager to securely manage all of your logins and passwords. There's a ton more that is involved, but you have to check it out. Uh, no one can prevent all cybercrime, but Norton 360 is a powerful ally for cyber safety. I'm thinking about, you know, they've got all of these things. Anderson Cooper sold separately, but then I realized nobody watches Anderson Cooper, so they don't know his show is called 360. Otherwise, if people knew that, that's a solid joke. Uh, get up to <laughs> Get up to 50% off your first year with your annual subscription at Norton.com slash Beck. That's Norton.com slash Beck. Up to 50% off now. Norton.com slash Beck. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Uh, 
I know. That one just kind of came out. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Stu just said off air, he said, you know, LeBron James, uh, that, uh, that you know, uh, the, the uh, Star Spangled Banner, and he walks out. And he starts just, screaming or whatever. Yeah. And I, he's like, let's go. And it just came out. What an A. What an a-hole is what you said, yes. And, and Glenn is a, not a common swearer, I will say. <laughs> right, Your I, language is pretty refined. Yes. However, yes. Uh, usually there is a, there's a time and place for a Glenn swear, and it's pretty rare. Yeah. But there is a but point of emphasis. But they're always carefully chosen. Either for comedy yeah. or to make a point. Right. Yes. And they are curated in a way that yes. is uh, it's very it's an refined. Art. It and is an art. That one just seemed to blurt out. And look, That I, one was just a knee-jerk if, a-hole. If you're going <laughs> to knee-jerk an a-hole, LeBron James is the guy to do it about. Oh, my gosh. He's yeah. the perfect. I'm so happy that people are finally seeing LeBron in the light that I've seen him in for so long, that he's the worst. That he... I just... He is just terrible, an awful, awful, awful creature. I can't stand <laughs> LeBron James. Fill me in, because I really want to know. When my knee jerk, I don't know sports, right. I don't know anything. You've been hanging around me too long. Is, is, is <laughs> no, the but I mean, no, it's not even that. I just saw that video, and my knee jerk reaction was that. And so fill me in, because he's a guy I'd like more information to really base that knee jerk Look, I could go into lots of depth, and I don't know that we have the time to go into all of the reasons why. Would but you like me, to do but, a special episode? Yeah, I would like to do an entire... Yes, exactly. Yeah. However, what I would like to say is, uh, and I found this, I thought about this recently, is that LeBron James also created a school for needy children, and he's done lots of really good things, and I could choose to see some of those, <laughs> right, but, but I choose. don't. I always right. see him in the worst possible light. Hmm. And I realized... I am to LeBron James what the media is to Trump. Like, I am just, I am automatically a hater of James just because I don't like his teams and I want him to lose every time. And there's not really a reason. Um, you know, although he is pretty terrible in many, many ways. And we could get into that in the special episode. Has he killed up. anybody? Uh, probably. So, <laughs> my point, though, is that, like, this is how the media is. Like, they go into, I go into a LeBron James story looking for LeBron James to be awful in every circumstance. Luckily, he obliges me almost every time. But, I mean, I go into it looking for the bad. And that's what the media does with Trump. They don't go into it saying, oh, he said lynching. We've all said lynching in this context. We understand what he meant. That's never the way they play it because they go into it thinking he's essentially literally Hitler, right? So, of course, when literally Hitler up there as the president says... He, he says lynching, you assume it's because he's he wants he's to bring Hitler. back... Yeah, he's, he's Hitler. He wants Hitler. to right. lynch people for right. real. Um, so could we play just the audio here sure. real quick? Here's LeBron James. Uh, they're doing the uh, Star Spangled Banner right before a game. Here's what happened. Let's go! <laughs> what in... Right. Right? He's just... He's walking while they're singing... And he's just walking and looking at the crowd like, what's wrong with you? Let's go! Yeah, why aren't you cheering? <laughs> I mean, it's well, they're, just... They're singing the song, dude. Kind of an important one for some. But you but. know what? He ha- At least he'll stand up for China. What a brave, brave man he is. You know what? It's two pieces of information that I know about LeBron. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's what did it. It was last week with oh. him on China mm-hmm. being just an in- uninformed boob. Just so a bad. stupid stupid comment from him that was all about you don't care about people like me 
that makes millions of dollars a year. We could have lost our jobs. Oh my gosh. What an a-hole. <laughs> See, that it's was, the you only meant way. that one. Yeah, I meant that one, but that's really the only way to describe a guy like that. Mm-hmm. So we'll uh, maybe maybe tomorrow we'll have a case against LeBron <laughs> from Stu.